Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This week, Roger and I are going to do a deep dive on Regina. So this episode is going to be a little different. The first half of the episode, we're only going to talk about what we've seen so far. And then when we get there, we'll tell you spoilers are about to occur. And if you haven't watched the rest of the show, stop listening and come back to it later. We'll remind you. Uh, if you have seen the show, feel free to risk listen to, to our full conversation. Uh, this might be a long one, so uh, buckle up. We're going to start with the synopsis of Regina's character. I'll just do quick touch points. So this is things that we've seen so far. In the Enchanted Forest, Regina sna- saves Snow's life as a child and receives a proposal from the king, then watches her true love Daniel get killed by her mother, Cora. She learns magic from Rumple so that she can escape her mother and get away from the king. But when dis- she discovers how much she loves that power, she keeps learning with Rumple. She later kills the king, tries to kill Snow, and fights a war with Snow and Charming. She then gets caught and is cursed not to be able to hurt them in this land, specifically designated by Rumple. She also kidnaps Belle and convinces Rumple that Belle's dead. She then hires Hook to kill Cora just to keep things clean before she casts Rumple's curse. In Storybrooke, <laughs> Roger just added a note into my notes. It's while an important I was note. <laughs> In Storybrooke, uh, she Emma arrives and she fights with her repeatedly for an entire season to try to keep Henry. She kills Graham. She plots to keep David and Mary Margaret apart and orchestrates Catherine's murder slash kidnapping. Uh, Roger reminds me that she does not use Belle as a pawn despite having her in in the hospital. Uh, she then tries to poison Emma to get rid of her, but Henry almost dies instead and the curse breaks. She then tries not to use magic for Henry at his request and she saves Emma and Snow uh, as they're trying to come back from the Enchanted Forest. I mean, I guess saves is a little, because like nothing would have been wrong if she hadn't done something with Rumpel in the first place, but she she uh, takes a risk for Henry. I mean, even if I set fire to the building that you're in, I still saved you if I pulled you out of the burning it's true. fire. You did, yep. Um, <laughs> you just, I shouldn't get credit for it, though. <laughs> right. Um, she gets blamed for murdering Archie, even though she didn't. It was her mother who made it look like Archie was murdered. Uh, she works with her mother to find a way to get Henry and still be able to kill her enemies. I love that those two are next to each other. Got framed for murder by her mother. Works with mother. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, she gets manipulated by Snow into killing her mother. And then she spares Snow's life so that Snow has to live with the darkness that's inside of her heart. That's what we saw. Here we are. We're going to start by talking we're gonna do this sort of by relationships and like interactions with other characters so we'll start with where we started this synopsis of storybrook emma and regina you love them when they are working together mm-hmm. i love them as adversaries they're probably my second or third favorite adversarial relationship in this show they're just great fighters together regina hits emma with some of the nastiest lines in season one i mean whether it's did you cut him with a shiv like the umbilical cord (laughs) or the i think of the scene in uh sneezy shop about like oh no it's okay your criminal genetics aren't uh you know inherited like she's just 
ruthless, and it's great. I I think they're fantastic sparring partners. Them working together, I'm not super hot on. I'm going to be honest. It just doesn't. I think there are some pairings where it's great. Like, I love watching Snow and Charming work together. Those are fantastic moments. Em and Regina, I I could watch them fight forever. Yes, all the all the Swan Queen shippers out there uh, like both of these things. <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> to tell you which side of the debate you should be on. That's all I'm going to say. I I do I do like when they're sparring too. I mean that run of Regina just getting win after win after win was partially snow and charming, but also a lot of just like fucking with Emma over and over and over again. I do also like when they work together. I think it's I think it's sweet to watch two people that really don't like each other try to co-parent together. And yeah, we don't we I don't do. get a lot of that in season one and two, but we'll talk about that more later. Yeah, it's almost um, their relationship kind of reminds me of the typical divorced parents. Mm. Like we don't like each other, but we both have a mutual concern, affection for mm-hmm. our child, so we'll put our differences aside. No, um, I think over she does grow to gain a little bit of respect for, and I think it's both ways. Like when Emma comes back out of the portal. And says, your mother's a piece of work. <laughs> I love that. I think that's maybe the first time that Emma's like, all right, maybe like you're a monster, but some of this wasn't your fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think vice versa. Like Regina still has a level of disgust towards Snow and Charming, as referenced by Emma, Henry, and the Idiots. <laughs> but I think she does appreciate that like Emma is capable. Yeah, I think, I think she does appreciate that. Uh... I mean, she's afraid of Emma for much of much of season one. Emma is fucking up her curse. She's afraid of what Emma could do. I wouldn't say yeah. she's afraid of Emma. Like, she's afraid of Rumple. I would say she's afraid of, like, my curse is being broken. Those are different. But that scene at the end of season one when Emma throws her into that closet and Regina is just so broken. Regina looks in shock. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think at that point, like, she doesn't even try to fight back. I think at that point, she just couldn't believe that her plan had backfired to the degree that it hurt Henry, that she was just, like, almost paralyzed. Like, I, she didn't even really seem to care that she was getting beat up. And when Emma had her pinned, she was basically like, yeah, it's all real. Like, whatever. Like, just please find a way to save my son. I still can't believe that when she sent Emma down to get the thing, she didn't tell her that there was going to be a dragon down there. I mean, it makes sense to me that Regina wants Emma to die. Does not make sense to me <laughs> that she actually wants Emma to succeed in this situation and did not give her all the information she needed. So we learned that the reason she couldn't straight up kill Emma was because that would break the curse. Right. If the curse had been broken, would the sleeping curse have been broken as well? I don't know. That's a good question. And that's maybe the reason she didn't tell her is that her plan was to sacrifice Emma to get mm. Henry back. Which kills two birds and one stone. Are we giving Regina too much credit? Probably. <laughs> we might be giving the writers and Regina too much credit. I just have always thought about that. Like, if the curse breaks, yeah, all you wake up, but then my son's no longer under a sleeping curse. So maybe there's... Or, like, at least she gets her magic back. Maybe she can wake her up. I don't know. Who you want to go to next? Unless you got more you want to talk about with mm-hmm. Emma and Regina. Snow? Let's go Snow. The mother of Emma. <laughs> Emma's mother, yep. And the cause of all of Regina's suffering. (laughs) One thing that Regina is consistent with when it comes to Emma and Snow, especially in the first two seasons, is really just transference. Like, 
you are the cause of all my problems. Well, they're not mirrors because the cause of all your problems is usually you or Korra. Mm -hmm. Both of those are really the cause of the problems. So the rivalry between Regina and Snow is better than it is in the original story. But it's still pretty dumb. Yeah, I I wish that there was more. I wish that there was more to it. Because it's really hard to blame 10-year-old Snow for telling a secret. Yeah, it's irrational. Like, it's just... And I understand that, like, yeah, in a situation like that, you're going to be irrational. And maybe had she not seen what had happened, I would buy it. Like, I've always been of the belief that I wish Cora had, like, transformed into Snow. And then Regina saw Snow kill Daniel. That would be wild. Yeah. Watching a 10-year-old crush the heart of your the one you love most. But it would explain everything. Yeah, it would. Like, if she literally had watched Snow do that, her hatred and anger and rage and being like, we've, you know, there's that scene in the ring, like, we got her, Daniel. Like, well, yeah, she, she murdered Daniel. Like, I get why you'd want to kill this girl. Otherwise, it's just kind of like, 10-year-olds don't hold secrets. They're, they're 10. Yeah, and they've... I, the the things that she does, like when she taunts Snow twice when Snow is in jail, she she does like evil villain monologuing <laughs> in front of Snow. She revels in her suffering. Even yeah. in the, the last episode we just watched, there is no reason to take her out of the classroom to walk her over to the hospital to have her look at yeah. the comatose patient. Well, and it's especially interesting considering what we saw semi-recently of Snow interacting or talking to Emma about Cora. Like, Snow recognizes that Cora is the true villain here. Not that Regina isn't a villain and has done many things, but, like, Cora is the cause of all of these yeah. things. Yep. Yeah, and also it's like, it is weird to me, I guess, that Regina never could see who the real villain was behind all this. Even until the end, she was always mm -hmm. blinded. And I never... Like, she's a she's an emotional woman, but I've never considered Regina to be a dumb character. Like, there's some characters who are just like, I think you're kind of dumb. Like, we'll run, we'll talk about one of them later. I'm like, you're just irrational and you're stupid and you don't really make sense. It's like, I usually understand why Regina wants to do what she does. I just don't understand, like, why she thinks this is going to work. Mm -hmm. Or like, don't you think you're going a little bit too far here? Yeah. Uh, they're the classic rivalry. I think they're... Kind of good sparring partners. The difference is, like, for the most part, Mary Margaret is weak-willed yeah. and won't stand up to Regina, where Snow White at least will go back and forth with her. I do like the scene where I think it's after she got cleared of murder and Mary Margaret slaps Regina down with, like, mm -hmm. the, he's with his real mother. Yeah. That was fun. That was, like, a nice taste of, like, oh, and Regina's like, well, you don't talk to me like this. It was a great way of, like, the curses breaking down. Their their rivalry to me is a bit of a disappointment in this show. Mm. It's too one sided. It's like all Regina being all yeah. like it, it's kind of like what we saw in Weapon the Storybook. It's not fun when the other person doesn't fight back, and most of the time Snow isn't fighting back. Yeah, she's running or she's accepting the curse, or it's like it's just not enough. This it's too much of one person's just leave me alone. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> play with you. Just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Why would she do this to me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, why do you want to hurt me so? I, actually, the the scene in the jail cell when she taunts her, it's like a perfect of like, what have I ever done to you to make you want to do this to me? And you're kind of like, yeah, man, what did she do? I mean, I get she told a secret, but the next person we're gonna talk about, I understand that. Yeah, Cora, Regina, and Cora. There's got to be a word. For, I know you say it's hard to hate your mother. False. It's interesting that. 
Cora, the, the way that she, the way that Regina deals with Cora is not as aggressive as the way that she deals with Snow. She banishes Cora to another realm, but she didn't kill her. In desperation, too. Yeah, because she, yeah. yeah, she wanted to. She did hire Hook to kill him. She, she did do that. That's yeah, true. Yeah. And she thought that that had occurred. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're right. She does try to kill her. Um, and she seems sad when, when that happens. Very sad. Yeah. So the real rivalry of this should have been Regina and Cora. Uh-huh. Cora is the monster behind everything bad that has happened to Regina from pretty much day one. Like, um, there's also an interesting piece. So we kind of debated about this in a previous episode. You think Cora really loved her. Yeah, I do. We actually factually know that's not possible. How? Because the reason Cora took her heart out is because she was starting to love Rumple. She isn't capable of love by mm. the time she has Regina. She never Although, loved you, Regina. When when she's dying and she does have her heart back, she says this would have been enough. Correct. That yeah. was the first time she'd ever loved her. I do think that, as deluded as this is, I do think that Cora was truly doing what Cora thought was best for Regina. Yeah, so she didn't love her. She just was like, this is what you need to do. It's like a very cold, yeah. emotionless, like... This is the process. Like, I'm training you. But she didn't really have affection for her. She did not love her. And it broke Regina. Like, mm-hmm. pretty much, she literally, she wanted, only thing she wanted to do was break Ava in the snow. She didn't actually care about Regina. She also watched Cora treat her father <sighs> abominably. Yep. And while we talk about how Henry Sr. is a weak man, and he is, he, he also is treated like shit by Cora. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, not to go too far off because we could make this Regina and her parents. The issue I have with Henry is less that if you're willing to take the abuse from your wife, so be it, man. You do you. Letting your daughter take that abuse, no. And I think that is also part of why Regina is so damn broken. Well, we also learn in The Miller's Daughter that Henry Sr. is not only weak-willed, he's also stupid. (laughs) He's dimly lit. That is not a good episode. I almost made him the loser that episode. It's such a... And it's not. It's one thing to be insulted. It's another thing to be dismissed. And then we have Regina and Rumple. This is my favorite pair. Yeah, it's... I mean, their their relationship is, is fascinating. I mean, they have kind of a... They have a rivalry. They have a teacher-student. Things, things are complicated. They're explosive. Like, skin deep. I love the jail cell scene. Like, it's mm-hmm. just so good... They're really fun. They have these little proxy wars where they use other people to pick at each other. They're really good at hurting each other with words. I mean, when Rumpel finds out that Belle is dead, I mean, he just loses his shit. Obviously, Rumpel taunts Regina pretty much throughout the entire show. Like, oh yeah, you're the one who did this. Or God, the when Snow and Mary Margaret make it, or Snow and Emma make it back, and it's like, congratulations. One day they might invite you to dinner. It's just right to the heart. Yeah, it's great. I mean, they. And also what's nice about them is that there's not a lot of people who I would say are willing to do what needs to be done. Like, they're the two who are willing to cross those lines. And so their discussions and debates, I mean, even Rumpel says, let the revenge go. Yeah. You know, that's... <laughs> that is a meaningful statement when Rumpel Stiltskin says, let it go. Yeah. I I also appreciate, I mean, Rumpel's not afraid of her, Mm-mm. but... This hasn't happened yet, but at one point she will say, we are the two most powerful practitioners of magic that have ever lived. And he does not disagree with that statement. Interesting. Uh, I would not put her above Korra. Okay, well, 
Sure. Uh, yeah, just... <laughs> she's dead now. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. But she says ever live, right? True. Like Maybe that's not what she says, yeah. but it's... Yeah. And he, he respects her. Yeah. He respects her abilities. Uh, he chose her to cast his curse. And I, I mean, it's a little... He, he knew that she had the skill to cast this and that she would be willing to, which is he manipulates her. And everything <laughs> to make that occur. Yeah, I struggle. So, like, Cora, it's very easy to say, this is all your fart. I, I kind of struggle with how much Rumple is to be, like, blamed for this. He does manipulate her in, like, a here's what you really want. And, like, you know, he's manipulating events. Like, he gives Snow and Charm the thing to protect themselves. So, it's like, he's very clearly getting to this point. But she wanted something like this anyway, so it wasn't like he, like, made her hate Snow and Charming. It was just that, like, he used that to his advantage. Kind of what he says to Emma, like, no, I just, you were going to be born. I just happened to take advantage of the situation. Yeah. I I would agree with that. I think a, a big a big piece of it is that he doesn't, he tells her the truth about why he wants that. Yeah, and what's interesting, I feel like their relationship really can't be discussed without Belle. Because Belle's a big part of their relationship, especially what Regina does to Belle. It's brutal. And especially because Belle really never did anything to her. If she'd done this to Snow, I get it. I mean, it's jacked up because you're a 10-year-old girl, but, like, you hate her. Belle is literally innocent in this, and you just want her revenge on Rumble. She's just a pawn that you don't even use. (laughs) Don't worry. Biggest mistakes are coming up. Yeah. A pawn, not only a pawn that you don't use, a pawn that you reference when Hook is about to murder her and you stop him from doing it because this is a chess piece and you use chess pieces when you need them yeah but yeah no i I think they are the best of adversaries i think their rivalry is great i love all their relationships i love actually that they don't have the energy as well i really appreciate that there's really never a thing between them it's just just don't agree with that well that's fine we've already seen what energy looks like when it involves rumple it doesn't involve regina i do love when she calls him a superlative enemy yeah it's a great line a, a great line but also a perfect Regina line mm-hmm. because she's dead wrong in the scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, but she can't imagine someone thinking that far in advance. And then perhaps Regina's most significant relationship is with Henry. Yes. And we learn in the very last episode that we watched that presumably, like she discovered very quickly that she was lonely in Storybrooke and Henry sort of, worked to fill that hole in her heart that was created by the loss of Daniel and her mass murdering of millions of people. (laughs) Don't take shots at her like that. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, Yeah, so it's interesting in that Henry's kind of used as a vehicle for her redemption Mm -hmm. and also to, like, fill the hole in her, which is kind of strange because I feel like you typically hear, like, having a kid isn't going to necessarily make you happy. But it was like the only thing that could make Regina happy. She's never happy unless she has Henry. Well, and she's not fully happy. Like, even with Henry. In Like, she's she desperately didn't want her curse to be broken. And she really didn't like that Emma was all up in her business trying to take Henry. But she still wasn't happy. I, I think she wasn't happy. And I'm speculating. I suspect she wasn't happy when Henry started seeing her as the evil queen and not his mother mm. that seems i guess like we never we... got to see what it was like before he was thinking about the curse yeah i think if henry had just seen her as regina my mom she's probably happy but once she also was seen as a villain by him then she's like god damn it mm-hmm. like not again although i think 
I mean, her hen- her relationship with Henry is what drives her to become a better person. Oh, by far. It is the only reason that mm-hmm. she is even willing to consider change. Though, where did that go when Cora came back? I think she... It, it's the, I can have everything. Like, Cora presented her with a plan that was bad that she very easily fell for that also wasn't Cora's objective. <laughs> um, but her, Cora presented an option. Oh, you can still have Henry. And you can kill all of these people. And she was like, all right. Do I even look like him? <laughs> that was Regina's moment. Like, yeah. th- like the in the car ride, right? Like when she has the whole thing. In- With the handprint? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, she... Um, Rumpel's weakness is Belle. Regina's weakness is Henry. Yeah. It has always been. Although... I, something I do like about that scene that we didn't talk about, um, that she has that handprint at all. Like, that's that's something that any mom would do. They just keep little little Agreed. things from their kids. And we don't really get to see that side of Regina because we instantly dive into Regina being an evil queen. Well, and also, in the very first episodes that we watched, I asked, does she actually love Henry? Or is this just a pawn? And then we very quickly find out, oh, no, she genuinely loves Henry. It's everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I think Archie says that, like, there's no evidence that she would ever hurt Henry other than the gaslighting and the yeah. making him crazy. Now, everybody else, on the other hand, eh. Uh, any, any other relationships you want to talk about before we talk about biggest mistakes? I want to touch on Regina and Daniel real quick. Oh, that's a good one. Only because it's mostly used as the vehicle for her vengeance. Mm-hmm. Um, he... Truly loved her, I think we can argue. They probably had true love together. Mm-hmm. And not because of the power, not because of the royalty. He just... Probably the last person before maybe Henry, who actually sees her as good. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a scene in the diner, have you ever considered that maybe I'm just good? No one's probably ever looked at her as good since Daniel. That's probably the last person who saw her as a decent human being. Uh-huh. And I think that's part of the reason why she just dives deeper and deeper and deeper. Because it's like, well, you all think I'm a monster anyway. Well, and something we didn't talk about in the synopsis was when Dr. Whale resurrects Daniel and he's a zombie (laughs) and she has to deal with losing him all over again and acts like a a fainting violet. What word am I looking for? Shrieking violet. Thank you. (laughs) Well, yeah, I understand that she was trying not to use magic. In case of emergency, however, (laughs) especially when like maybe your son's about to be attacked by zombie Daniel. Mm -hmm time to use magic stop running and start poofing that was the only one i wanted to touch on because it is kind of like the reason we asked what did snow possibly do to you to make you want to kill this woman and then we obviously find out um yeah and it's it's a shame that she couldn't blame who was really responsible but that is also regina yeah okay biggest mistakes there are so many for regina i think if I'm, I'm just going to stick with top ones here. I think that the way, like the ridiculous way that she speaks to Emma when she first meets her is just like, Emma didn't want anything to do with Henry and was going to leave. (laughs) And that is exactly what Regina wanted to have happen. But she had to run her mouth and say crazy shit. What, I will destroy you is not common lexicon that you utilize I say that all the time. Um, What's also great is that without that, Emma leaves and never goes into the hotel. 
which means gold never wakes up. Uh-huh. She literally created all of this by just not shutting the hell up. Yeah. You're right. She is her own worst enemy. Uh, gosh, the... You know, it's funny. She's good at plotting. Like, I think in maybe the next, the third episode, she does that really jacked up thing where she gets Emma into calling Henry crazy. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, good plan there. But then it's like, oh, you were so close. You just <laughs> get out of your own way. Nope. Can't stop. The The framing of Mary Margaret was a good plan. It made sense. You had something tragic happen. But you had to taunt the woman. You had to go tell her that you knew you are setting her up. And then... You got screwed over because you made a deal with the dark one. And then, oh, look at that. Now everyone knows, or, you know, Mary Margaret knows. And she's not even afraid of you anymore. It's like, just shut up. Just shut up. Also, biggest mistakes, not explicitly wording deals with the dark one. Yeah. <laughs> or trying to make deals with the dark one. Except the time in which you needed the most to make a deal with the dark one. It's true. Blows my mind. I'm referencing not using Ballad of Bond. That is my biggest mistake oh, that yeah. she's ever going to make. Other than, like, honestly, no, that's the second biggest mistake that she actually ever makes. Not acknowledging Korra as the villain of your story is the biggest mistake she makes. Even before that, not just leaving. <laughs> as soon as the 10-year-old knows that you have a lover, just leave. But I think that's the same mistake, because I don't think she thought Korra was going to kill him. Yeah. Not realizing that Korra was the monster is her mistake. I mean, no one wants to believe that their mother is a murderer. Sure. <laughs> I understand not wanting to believe it. Yeah. But sometimes you just got to accept the truth. I'd also say one of the other mistakes she makes is then trusting her mother a second time. Yeah, that was that was going to be my next one. Because she, it's not like she doesn't notice. Like there's, there's at least two times, if not more, where she questions Cora's motives and actually doesn't really seem to believe Cora's response, but wants to. Because she wants to have everything. Yep. You know, one of the other biggest mistakes is taunting Jefferson. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't need to do that. Just honor your deal. You were, you were fine at that point. Like, okay, Henry's still poisoned, but you wouldn't have had that massive big problem had you just been like, okay, my son's poisoned here. Here, would you have to leave me the hell alone? She was like, no, screw you. I don't have time for you. And that cost you your biggest secret, which I don't understand. Well, also, her whole thing, like, after he retrieves the apple, she, he's like, can I have my thing now? And she's like, no, now we have to get the person to eat it. But, like, he didn't actually help her get Emma to eat it. Because like, she was never planning on honoring the deal. But she could have just done it. Yep. <laughs> and then no problems. Yep, you're right. But Regina's her own. She can have everything. I can screw you over and still get what I want. Ultimately, it always backfires. Like, like she said, my biggest issue is I don't learn from my mistakes. Learn from your mistakes. It keeps happening. Like, how many times do you have to make the same mistake? What's what's the definition of insanity again? I think it's trying the same thing over again and expecting <laughs> different results. I mean, honestly, even to that point, that's, I think, what Rumpel's point is in the final part of the last conversation. You keep lusting after vengeance. It's never once made you happy. Yeah. Just stop. Fascinating. She's a broken woman. I'll say that. But a fascinating character. Like, she's broken, but it's interesting to watch her on screen. Like, not all broken characters are fun to watch on screen. She's great to watch. Season one, great to watch on screen. Season two, nah, I have some issues. Yeah, I, but, I feel that. Yep. Yeah. Any other mistakes you want to talk about? Not yet. Okay. Uh, we're going to spend a minute talking about how the evil queen has typically been portrayed in the media. Uh, so, obviously, this is a, this is a Disney show. 
Um, they have Snow White and the Seven Dwarves as it was the very first Disney movie. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, full, the very first full-length Disney movie. Oh, fair. Okay. Um, she's she's really just portrayed as a vain, evil stepmother that can't possibly stand that the Snow White might be the fairest of them all, so she has to kill her. Uh, and she does that by transforming into a hideous witch and getting her to eat an apple that causes her to fall asleep. And that's the rivalry. You're prettier than I am, or fairer than I am. Yeah, that's the rivalry. It's possible that it's implied that because she was married to the king, the same messed up rules with monarchy. Like if she kills, if she kills Snow White, there's no heir to the throne. So like I am the heir, I can seize control. But that they don't talk about that at all. Okay. Um, also, uh, the evil queen is pretty scary, despite despite. Uh, being an animated character. I mean, until they transformed the Snow White ride to Snow White's Enchanted Wish at Disneyland, it used to be called Snow White's Scary Adventure. And let me tell you, like 95% of children exited that ride crying in terror. <laughs> it was really scary. <laughs> okay. I never rode that ride in Disneyland. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, it's basically the plot of the movie, but, like, the witch is just, like, right there, the evil queen, and she, like, she's, like, looking in the mirror as the queen, and then she, like, turns around, and she's mm. the scary witch, and she's, like, right in front of you, and she's trying to get you to eat an apple t- shaped like a skull. It's really scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's dark. She's a witch in all portrayals, right? She always knows magic. I think so. Okay. I'm, I haven't seen Grimm, which you've added to the list here, so... I did not add that. Did you I definitely add added that. Huh. I've never seen that show. I've seen Grimm, but I don't. I haven't come up to the part where she has uh, appeared. So okay, well maybe the evil queen Later. is in Grimm. Yeah, uh, you can tell us. Yeah, that's a good. <laughs> twice question. upon a time at pot. Twice yeah. upon a time pot at gmail.com. <clears throat> um, and then there's Snow White and the Huntsman, which came out in two thousand three, maybe two thousand four. It's a little bit later than that, but let's find out. Uh, that while 2012. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot later than I thought. Um, well, it's Twilight Girl, so I kind of knew it had to be a little bit <laughs> The Evil Queen is portrayed by Charlize Theron, or however you say her name in South African. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Snow White is portrayed by Kier- Kristen Stewart. And the Huntsman is Chris Hemsworth. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember very little about this movie, except that it was terrible. And... <laughs> <laughs> the point that you always make which is yeah there is no mirror on the wall that is going to tell me that Kristen Stewart is fairer than Charlize Theron <laughs> wrong 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 you're wrong period <laughs> I do remember this really cool scene in the movie where where the queen I don't know if she's like transforming into something but she like goes into like a pool of like white oh yeah and then she like comes out and she looks super cool. Yeah, I do remember that. That's like, all I think I it was remember. the trailer. Yeah, it was not a well-reviewed movie. I know that it 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 had a like they they were kind of trying to make. <laughs> oh, that this movie came out after Once Upon a Time premiered. That's mm-hmm. fascinating. I mean, this was a very popular show when it came out, so they may have been trying to capitalize on let's let's uh modern not modernized like into the modern world but let's make these these characters cooler they really try to make snow white like a warrior rather than 
just, you know, like a damsel in distress. This was kind of that, like, let's make everything kind of dark and edgy. Mm -hmm. Post-Twilight, like, heavy on the, like, everybody's like a fighter and gritty. You know, it was that era, and they were trying to do a fairy tale. Almost like a a Brothers Grimm, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Another movie came out maybe the same year or the year before or year after with Julie Roberts called Mirror Mirror. Um, She plays the evil queen. I feel like I know what you're talking about. I think it's less dark. I haven't seen it. Um... It's also 2012, and yes, you're right, it's Julie Roberts playing the evil queen. Who is the protagonist? Lily Collins. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so there's definitely been some efforts to uh, modernize this story or or keep keep reliving this story. Arguably, Regina is the coolest, <laughs> uh, coolest uh, iteration of this. So let me ask, because you know, you're a woman and I'm not, this kind of rivalry over being pretty. I, I just... I don't know. I mean, the original Snow White story is just so empty. It's not just that. It's also the uh, complete lack of characterization of Snow White as anything but a caretaker of dwarves. And there's, like, absolutely no relationship or or growth between the prince and Snow White. I have no idea why they're in love. Because you heard her singing. It's that's ridiculous. I mean, something about something that I do really appreciate about the original Snow White movie is it, it. It's really just a meditation on animation. There's very long scenes in this movie mm. where there's just like they're like there's things dripping from a pipe and he's snoring and they're just showing you all the cool things that they can animate. Because it was the first time they were able to like mm-hmm. really animate. Oh, that's- yeah. yeah, I mean, she's, I don't know where she ranks. I'd probably put her, like, second most famous Disney princess. I feel like Cinderella is the quintessential Disney princess that most people think of. I think I mean, the glass Sleeping Beauty is the, pretty... Yeah, I know Sleeping Beauty is up there as well. Um, I mean, and we're talking, like, original Disney princesses. Yes. I learned a really cool fact today that I'm going to share that is completely unrelated to this. Uh, I just finished listening to Gina Davis's memoir was fascinating. Um, did you know that Gina Davis competed in the Olympics for archery? No, she'd be a good Snow White. Very cool. Um, she also started a foundation that uh, researches the number of portrayals of women in children's stories. Um, like, in most stories, boys are the protagonists or, like, the background characters or the sidekicks. Yeah. And uh, she had this really cool fact because this, this institute that she created now counts all kinds of things. Um, and the year that Brave came out um, and uh, The Hunger Games, the number of women in archery multiplied by like 300%. Huh. Definitely- and all of them like said, it wasn't just a coincidence. Yeah. They were like, yeah. That inspired them. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. Thank you for this tangent. You know what another <laughs> Gina Davis fact I really love is? <laughs> What's that, Roger? The end of League of She dropped that ball intentionally. I was very, very disappointed <laughs> that she did not address this in her memoir. Oh. I would have read that entire book had she just told me what the answer to that question she is. She didn't drop the ball on purpose. Please weigh in on this debate if you have <laughs> seen A League of Their Own. <laughs> she did it. Uh, okay. Do you want to mention any other type of media with snow? Or are we good on that? 
Yeah, I think we wanted to talk a little bit about Lana Perea's portrayal yeah. of the Evil Queen. The one thing I'll, I'll touch on that real quick is that they're, to my knowledge, they're pretty shallow in all of the other. Yeah. Movies. So this is the first time that we actually like get a backstory and get some depth and really like, oh, okay, these characters are more than just like I was singing in a field. And to be fair, this is the first time that we've ever received a hundred and fifty-four episodes about the Evil Queen. Or even, but like, even the movies don't have sequels. Yeah. Like, it's, even if you got like three sequels, you get some info. It's just, it's okay, Snow White and the dwarves, and we're done. Mm-hmm. See you in 150 years. Lana Perea is perfect. In, like, I just, she's so good. Yeah, I would say of the people cast for their roles, I would put her as 1A, along with Robert Carlyle's Rumple, as like, you can't find anyone better. Mm-hmm. That, those, when you say Evil Queen, I think of Lana. Like, it like the way that she does the like evil smirk is perfect. Mm-hmm. Like she just has that expressive emotive. Like she has the eyes that look evil. I mean, she's really good at turning up the emotions. She's amazing. And that smile, like when she feel when she experiences joy, that smile that just like crosses her entire face, and you can see it in her eyes. She's a smi- she's a smizer. Well, which one? Because there's the happiness, which she's really good, but then there's the devilish. Uh huh. No, yeah, both great at both. Both both great. But. Boy, that woman is terrifying when she looks enraged. Like, when oh, yeah. she looks at you angry, you feel like she's going to rip your heart out and crush it. Like, you believe it. Yeah. she's And she's good at portraying not just, like, multiple emotions at once. Like, she's angry, mm-hmm. but she's also sad because of, like, the loss that she experienced. Mm-hmm. I, very convinced, want to see Lana Priya in all the things. I also like, like, even young Regina. Her, she's convincing in that flashback. That she is powerless and terrified and weak. And that was jarring. Because the entire time in season one, she's the powerful mayor Uh who knows what's going on. And then that one thing you see and you're like, oh my god, this woman is terrified of this woman. Which makes Cora look threatening. Mm -hmm. But also shows you like, oh, Regina was once just a weak-willed little girl. So it's like, I don't know weak-willed their own, but like just a weak little girl. Mm -hmm. So she's great. I absolutely also want to see her in all the things. I wish all of the characters in Once Upon a Time could emote this well. Oh yeah. I, I agree with that. I mean. Also, something we haven't talked about before, or you and I have, but we've never talked about on this podcast, is that Lana Perea is Latina. Yeah. Um, there's not a ton of people of color in this show. And That's an understatement. Most of them die <laughs> or are sidelined very quickly. Is she the only main character who's of color? Maybe. Because, I mean, like, the genie is, but the genie is a sidekick. He's kick. not a main character. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then that's it. <laughs> it's like, look, at the end of the day, I get it because for the most part, mostly, like, Snow White being black would be dumb. Like, I'm just going to be honest. That doesn't That wouldn't matter. be dumb. That would be fine. I saw a version of Into the Woods where Cinderella was black and it was fine. Yeah, Cinderella's fine. Literally, Snow White is, like, the whitest skin of them all. Like, Well, you learn in this show that the reason that she is named Snow White is because she was born on the coldest yeah. winter of the year. Sure. <laughs> I mean, they... If Black Panther is white, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> That's reasonable. Okay. So, <laughs> like, there are... Cinderella, being black, makes total sense. Sleeping Beauty, black, total sense. Like, if Mulan is not an Asian character, we got a problem. Yeah, like, no, there are just... Agree. Sometimes you got to just hit the note and do it right. But the Evil Queen isn't tied to a race. Yeah. And Lana Maria does it fantastic. 
Yeah, she's so good. And yeah, it's uh, and also you see based on her father, both as the young inept dimwit <laughs> and as older weak willed Henry Senior is very clearly Latino. Uh-huh. So it's like okay, we know for a fact. The the one thing I wish they had done more of is that like it doesn't play into her story at all. Like there's yeah. no there's no ethnicity in her background about what she does. There's no it's just not who she is. It doesn't seem like there's racism in the Enchanted Forest. I guess we don't we haven't seen enough to know if that's true. Well, there isn't racism because it's all classism and like you just got <laughs> royals and poors. Royals and poors. I mean <laughs> Because, like, we do run into uh, Prince Henry and his father, who are obviously people of color, mm-hmm. but they're also, like, good luck being racist to the king. Like, I mean, it's, it's all about conquering, so it doesn't That's really true. matter. And every matter of that is kind of worthless, so. Yeah. Yeah, Lancelot. We run into Lancelot. I guess he's the closest we get to a main uh-huh. character. He's black. Um, What are you looking forward to with Regina's character? So now that her mother is gone... I'm kind of curious to see, does she revert back to the queen that we know from season one? Does she go back to kind of the Regina she was trying to be at the beginning of season two? Or do we get like a weird middle ground? Which is where it feels like we're at right now. Like that whole speech with Snow makes me think that she's like, I'm smart enough to know that I can't directly kill you. But I am going to enjoy you suffering. Mm-hmm. So it's, she's, she's still two halves of the same person. I think burning that scroll was a good first step. In the redemption, or not first step, additional step in the redemption direction. I would argue that's the first step. Uh, maybe, maybe actual step. Uh, yeah. Not the first declaration. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm a little. I love evil Regina. Just like when she gets that evil glint in her eye, and I'll be a little sad to watch that go. But I also am here for a redemption arc. I mean, while I like it. You can't get rid of a character as great as the Evil Queen without replacing them with an equally great villain. Yeah. And the loss of her from season one has been a real like annoyance for me. Like yeah. she shined in season one. It's just she's just evil. It was yeah. great. Um, one other thing I would say is that with Regina, the thing that has bothered me most is that if you're gonna do a redemption, I feel like one thing that we see with all the heroes is sacrifice. Charming is always willing to sacrifice himself. Snow is always willing to sacrifice herself. Emma's willing to sacrifice herself. Regina hasn't really had to do that yet. Mm-hmm. Like, she didn't have to sacrifice her curse. Emma broke it. She wasn't willing to, you know, we don't even know because it's never even pitched. I would have loved to even Henry asked her and her flat out say, I'm not going in there because I don't think I can come out. Because it shows me that you're still more concerned about yourself. Yeah. She doesn't have to give anything up. And this is the first time she kind of gave something up that she maybe thought was going to get her what she wanted. Mm-hmm. I would like to see more of that. Like if you're going to be redeemed, you got to start doing things to redeem yourself. And also, there should be some consequences for what she did. Yeah. More than just, like, people not wanting to eat her lasagna. Like, there should be some people who are really pissed off at you. Like, obviously, we can't have Jefferson because we know he left. But, like, mm-hmm. Jefferson should still want to kill you. There should be a lot of these townspeople, like Whale and all of them, who stormed the door, who should want to kill her. Or even, uh, what's his, Greg? Greg? Greg Mendel. Yeah. yeah. He, pretty logical why he would want to kill Regina, considering he took, her, took his father. Yeah. Yeah. So, I would, I'd like to see... Ideally, some consequences and then some more steps to show me that if you're going to be good, you got to start doing some good things. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, listeners, are you ready? We are going to transition to spoilers. We try not to give too many spoilers. It's hard. We know we've alluded to Regina's redemption arc many, many times. It's pretty obvious if you've been paying attention what they're going for. Yes. Um, so if you have not watched the rest of this show, highly recommend pausing this podcast now we'll remind you to come back to it at the end 
We'll keep a list of the things that you should come back to. So spoilers coming now. All right. I'm not going to give us a detailed synopsis of the entire rest of the show, but we'll just touch on each of the half seasons and Regina's high or key points in each of those. Not all of them are high. (laughs) So season 3A is Neverland. She goes to Neverland to save Henry and... Uh, when Pan casts the curse, she helps Emma and Henry escape, sacrificing the thing she loves most. Season 3B is the Wicked Witch Oz storyline. She meets Robin in the Enchanted Forest, and they don't like each other so much there. Roger disagrees. I don't disagree. <laughs> I, I think it's, like I said, it's like snow and charming and snow falls. They are adversarial, but you can see there's a spark. Sure. Uh, She's struggling to live without Henry. She tries to rip out her heart at one point while they're in the Enchanted Forest. She discovers that Zelina is her sister. Zelina being the Wicked Witch of the West. And when Zelina casts a curse... uh, Sorry, not when Zelina casts a curse. When Snow and Charming... When Snow casts the curse and sacrifices Charming, uh, Regina splits Snow's heart to save Charming. Uh, then she ends up breaking the curse back in Storybrooke with true love's kiss to Henry. Um, she ends up falling for Robin. And then she uses light magic to defeat Zelina. Which is probably one of the bigger developments for her. Huge development. Yeah. Season 4A is the Frozen storyline. Uh, so most of this storyline is dealing with the Robin, Mary, and Regina love triangle. And then uh, Robin has to leave to save Marion uh, because her heart is frozen. And Regina is very upset. In fact, she says that Emma always, it never does anything to help her. I mean, at this point, was she wrong? No. Okay. I just think that the it's important to the, the arc of this season. In season 4B, we get uh, the Queens of Darkness or um, Heroes and Villains. Uh, we discover that Marion is actually Zelina, and she's pregnant with Robin's baby. Wow, that is the most... <laughs> <laughs> that is the most soap opera line that has ever been said. It's even worse than James's uh, David's evil twin. You're an evil twin <laughs> with a brother who's dead, but you're in a coma, and your name is the same. Yep. yep. Uh, she works undercover with the Queens of Darkness to figure out what their plan is. And in the Heroes and Villains alternate reality, she is the protagonist and the savior and sacrifices herself so that everyone... She sacrifices herself for, for Henry, really. But um, And then back in Storybrooke, Rumpel's heart fully blackens and the darkness comes for her and Emma sacrifices herself to save Regina. Season 5A is our Camelot Dark Swan plot deep sigh from roger um regina is entrusted with the dark one dagger to do what's necessary because no one else will a theme that roger touched on previously uh she pretends to be the savior to get in touch with merlin and remove emma's darkness henry starts dating so we get some fun like mom things there uh yeah pause can you tell me a more terrifying mom than Regina. No. Like, I just, I want the scene where Henry brings home a girl that she does not approve of and just gets fired at. <laughs> like, don't bring this woman on. Like, that's how I always think of, like, my mom sometimes where she's like, no, don't bring home stupid. Not even. Don't no. bring home stupid. Don't bring home stupid. Season 5B is The Underworlds. 
Uh, so she reunites with her father and Cora, who are both redeemed for some reason. Also big side. Uh, she forms a bond with Selena, who, like, an actual sisterly bond. Uh, she loses Robin, who is erased from all existence. Not killed. <laughs> erased. And then Selena sacrifices Hades, her true love, to save Regina. And then Regina splits herself uh, from the evil queen. So there's... And then she kills the evil queen. Or so we think. Those two lines are also very soap opery. Yeah, they are. Uh, season... Then we get to season 6A. So this is the uh, Land of Untold Stories plot line. Uh, the evil queen is wreaking havoc all over the town. She's trying to kill Snow and Charming. Uh, Regina is working to protect them. Regina... Goes to the Wish Realm to save Emma and bring back brings back Wish Robin. Uh, Regina then realizes the only way to stop the Evil Queen is by sharing her love with the Evil Queen, so that they're bo- they both have love and darkness. In yeah, the she house. has to yeah give some of her love and take some of her yep, darkness. Exactly. Um, and then she breaks Snow and Charming's sleeping curse of the heart by getting a bunch of people in the town to share it beautiful season 6b is the that's the dark fairy the dark fairy thank you um the evil queen goes to the wish realm um and actually ends up in the enchanted forest later uh the evil queen also sacrifices herself to slow the curse that's making the enchant it's not really a curse to slow emma's belief destroying the enchanted forest lack of belief um the evil queen and fake robin get engaged in the end here and uh, Regina finds her happy ending as the leader of the town. Um, importantly, this was set up as the series finale, and then they decided to make one more season. We're not really going to talk about the season seven, like, Ronnie storyline with Regina. She is in season seven. Um, but we will talk a little bit about the the, se- the, seri- the actual series finale at the end of season seven, uh, where Regina can't kill Wish Henry, uh, and she's sort of tied up in a tree in the same way that, like, in her worst fear, and Henry's trying to kill her. Um, and then at the end, she unites all the realms and becomes the good queen. That was a lot. A lot happened. <laughs> Where do you want to start? <sighs> I don't know. Where do you want to start? Well, I feel like let's start with the relationships and then we can touch on the season touch points after that okay sounds good um well we can why don't we why don't we go in the same order as where we started before just with more information i like that um so we can start with regina and emma so this one i think is pretty interesting because a lot of growth from regina with emma's Regina really just can't stand Emma because mm-hmm. she's the thing that is taking the thing that she wants most. And I, I love that you bring up the line, you never do anything for me. And to her point, when she says that, Emma had basically screwed her. Oh, totally. She was dead on to be like, you had no business. And what I'm referencing is Maid Marian coming back. Like, she literally brings Robin's first true love and brings her in a time travel plot, which is absurd and convoluted and nonsensical, brings her back because she's never watched Back to the Future any other damn movie that tells you you can't interfere with the past. And of course she brings her back in and she screws over, you know, Regina. Emma has an intense hero complex. No, Emma has an intense, doesn't know what the fuck she's doing in the Enchanted (laughs) Forest complex. Even Hook tells her not to do that. Even (laughs) Hook told her this was a bad idea. I, yeah, I mean, the arc in season four 
is beautiful. Regina is so pissed at Emma when she brings back Maine Marion. Rightfully so. Well-deserved anger. <laughs> Well-deserved slap. Um, and she's also really struggling. I mean, there's a there's a lot of fear among her family that Regina's going to turn evil again. The uh, evil queen is going to return. Reemerge because of the the loss of Robin. Uh, and it it doesn't. There's 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 some there's some like nothing nothing atrocious, but there's some sidestepping a little bit. Um, but she ultimately does not do that. Uh, and then at the end of the season, Emma does sacrifice herself so that Regina doesn't lose all of her hard work of becoming good uh, because becoming the dark one. I mean, nobody wants Regina to be the dark one, <laughs> but. That, that was, yes, a sacrifice, but also, like, much like I said, Cora becoming the Dark One is a bad idea for everyone. Nobody wants Regina to have all that power. Yeah. Like, that's a terrifying thought. Would love to watch, though. Oh, I, <laughs> A what-if version of this show? We're in. Oh, yes. Let's oh, make that. day. <laughs> Want to make that. Sure. I also really love how they, I mean, they become Henry's two moms. Yeah, great co-parenting. Yeah, <laughs> there's this really great line that Henry has at one point. I think it's the beginning of season four when Regina's kind of MIA because she's really sad about Robin and something like almost happens to Emma. And he's like, I'm already down one mom. I won't go lower than that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a good line. One of my favorite lines, it's when the Black Fairy shows up. I want to say in six and she's trapped Regina and Emma in the like behind the mirror. Uh-huh. And they're both watching, and they both have that same maternal look of like, oh my god, my son. Uh-huh. But then what's great is that Henry realizes it's the Black Fairy because he knows his mom. Like, he knows very, because I think she's pretending to be Regina or Emma, one of the two. Like, she's pretending to be someone she's, she's not. She's pretending to be Regina. Yeah, and then she's because like. Because she is, she looks exactly like Regina. <laughs> well, yeah, but she's, she's like transformed into that. Yeah. But it's like. No, I, you're not going to fall. I know how my moms are. So it's like, there's a nice connection of like, okay, that's my boy. Yeah. And he does go back to, like right now it seems like he's kind of calling Regina, Regina. But at that point, it's mom. Like yeah. that is, he does see her as um, the mom. And like even in season one, I was like, he doesn't seem to show a lot of affection for her. Rightfully so at the time. She was gaslighting him. But yeah, he does come to really appreciate her. So I think it's like a big step for her that he was kind of the first one since Daniel to do so. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, Regina and Emma are, are always interesting because they're, like, less adversarial. But, boy, Regina keeps getting screwed over by Emma. I know. Time and time. The Dark One is probably the only time that I think Emma really does something intentionally that helps Regina without, like, stopping her from making a mistake. Yeah, um... In in the Camelot storyline, which you don't remember this at all. <laughs> I tried to blank out a lot of that storyline, to be fair. Um, I think it's Sir Galahad tries to kill Regina because he recognizes her as the evil queen. And she's, like, masquerading as the savior. Oh. And he's poisoned a sword. Robin steps in front of it to save Regina. And he gets stabbed. And he's dying. Is this in the diner? No, they're in Camelot. Like, oh, in the okay. castle. Does King Arthur's castle have a name? Camelot's castle. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, Camelot. Camelot. Yeah. Uh, and Emma is really trying. Like they're they're like Emma. Do not use dark magic. Like don't use any magic. It'll make you darker. Like you're the dark one. You can't do that. Uh, and Regina begs Emma to save Robin's life, and she does. Even at the cost of potentially darkening her. Yeah. Life. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. I'll, I'll give you that one. I actually one of my favorite interactions is season five B, where Emma. 
is like, we got to go to Underbrook or hell. And she's like, you're taking my son to hell? Because <laughs> admittedly, it's the dumbest thing they do. So dumb. I'm I, surprised they didn't take uh, baby Neil. <laughs> I mean, I get going to hell. There is no way in hell I am taking a 10-year-old with me to Although, hell. Although, okay, counterpoint. We all know that Henry would just go anyway. So maybe it's safer to bring him under your watchful eye. Okay. Going to Boston is one thing. Do we truly believe this boy can get to hell on his own? Yeah, probably not. Because the only way to get to hell is with the blood of someone who's died and come back to life. And Rumpel's already in hell. So I don't know how else he would get down there. He'd find somebody else that died and come back to life. He'd, he'd dig up Daniel's Zelina? ashes. She didn't die. Oh, we just, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure he would find someone. Daniel, jeez. <laughs> or, um, Wales brother, I guess, could work too. He's not here. Or so we think. <laughs> That's true. It would be a total Regina thing to have put the brother like, over. Oh, you, you want to go back to your brother? Actually, he's been here the whole time. Mm-hmm. Regina and Henry. Regina and Henry. I mean, we already talked about their yeah. early relationship. I, I mean, he really comes to love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, arguably, he's he's been fighting for her in season two. He wants her to get better, and he doesn't want anyone to kill her. She <laughs> has been his mom for his whole life. But he he really comes to see her as an integral part of his family. So it's funny because, you know, we've always debated, like, I don't think Regina could have ever woken up. And I always said, coming out of the Red Room, if she'd uh-huh. gone in there... I think when she sacrifices something is when Henry could truly love her. Uh And as we see, she sacrifices something when she basically has to cast them out and then she is able to Mm -hmm. share True Love's Kiss with Henry. So it does seem like that actually could have worked. She wouldn't have known that. That's a really interesting Emma and Regina um, storyline to backtrack a little bit. Because in season three... B <laughs> in the in the odds plot. Yep, Regina and Henry come back. Henry doesn't remember. Regina. Emma and Henry come back. Sorry, Emma and Henry come back. Henry doesn't remember Regina because yeah. Regina has given them whole new memories. Emma does remember, uh, and Emma is she's going to fix the situation because she's the savior and that's what she does. Yeah. But she wants to go back to New York. Yeah, she wants to. And go back she to doesn't life. want Henry to remember Regina, and she I think she feels a little badly about that, but. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe I just said feels badly. She feels bad about that. Wow. That was really bad. No one else would have caught that. I did. Um, <laughs> Chelsea grammared herself. Um, but Regina is so devastated to like have to interact with Henry and him not know who she is. Yeah, that's a pretty painful thing. <laughs> it's really thing. hard. Um, also, that's kind of another example of Emma trying to screw Regina. Yeah. It's like, totally. They're... So, like, at the beginning, all of the antagonist actions were on Regina's side. And then in later seasons, it does feel like Emma is just purely the antagonist against her. Like, even sometimes unintentional with the mm-hmm. Maid Marian thing or intentional with the storyline you just described. And you're just like, I kind of want to see Regina crush your heart at this point. Like, I'm getting sick and tired of your shit. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I mean, we said we weren't going to talk about season seven. But I think it's worth noting that... Um, Henry goes off on his own adventure in season seven. We get a new actor. Uh, and Regina shows up to help him at some point and decides to stay because uh, she misses her son and wants to, like, form a new relationship. And she forms a bond with his wife and his daughter. 
Yeah, I mean, so the only thing I have to say about that season is that I'd always wondered, what would Regina have looked like if she had been cursed? And mm-hmm. that's the closest we really mm-hmm. get to that. Um, but I think at the end, because I always said that, like, a lot of people got their happy ending. I never n- felt like Regina's happy ending, and we'll touch on when we get to that point, but, like, it seemed like a compromise. Do you mean even at the end of season seven? Yeah. Oh, I don't agree. I felt a little bit... Okay, I they even actually bring this up at one point um, when Zelina and when they've locked up Zelina and Zelina says your happy ending is a man and Regina says no my happy ending is feeling at home in the world which yeah. I think is a reasonable response yeah um, and I think like being being the good queen is like that it's like her redemption recognized and she's like truly found her place as the as their leader but. I, I think it's important that not everyone's happy ending is true love. I agree. I would agree with that. But I think for someone who never wanted power, that's an odd. Mm. Because that's, she even says, I don't want this. Like, this this isn't what she wanted. Whereas, like, some people, that is what, like, Snow would be happy being a good leader because she always felt there was a responsibility. Mm-hmm. So, like, her being the good queen makes sense. Regina really never wanted to be queen. It was thrust upon her. So, like, that's why I said it was, like, a compromise. Okay, I see. Although I do, I mean, the the good queen was an elected position, so it's not the same kind of power. This is a a, democratic monarchy? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think that they're just using the word. She's a president. Sure. (laughs) She's a president of all the realms. Yeah. That's that's fair. Prime minister. Prime minister. Uh, Regina and Snow? Yeah, their relationship turns very sisterly. Yes. Is that a word? I'm going to say it's a word. Yeah, I mean, so they're not really adversarial, honestly, ever again. No. Past this last kind of Heart of Darkness thing, they don't really go at it. There's a couple really good. I love how they interact. Uh, I'm thinking of the episode where they try to call Korra's ghost. Oh, yeah. Um, And uh, Snow is very pregnant. This yeah. is in season 3A. Um, and... Regina steps in front of Snow twice to save her from Cora's ghost. ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's one thing for Regina to, you know, save the whole town. I mean, that's a big deal. I'm not trying to say that's not yeah. a big deal. But to, to step in front of the person that she had vowed to kill for over half of her life. The thing that you hate most. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Emma and Snow were sisters to me in the first season when they didn't really know each other. Mm-hmm. And then when Emma woke up, obviously that didn't work anymore. And I think Regina weirdly stepped into that. But theirs mm-hmm. is even weirder because that's her stepmom. It's true. Uh, she's not that much older than her, though. Maybe 10 years. Eight, probably, actually. Oh, I, I yeah, think yeah. Snow was 10 and Regina was probably 18, maybe yeah. 20. So her mom says that she's too old to be unmarried. So that would be early 20s, usually, in, if we're talking about this type of But it's Cora. Era. Cora yeah. would have said that about a 17-year-old girl, <laughs> yes. so it's hard to place it. But yeah, I'll give you that. Probably, let's say, 22. Yeah. Um, yeah, their relationship takes an interesting turn because I feel like, and maybe I'm misremembering this, Snow chastises Emma a lot later in the seasons about like her actions having consequences that negatively <laughs> impact other people. And it's usually Regina who kind of is the brunt of these. Yeah. Regina and Henry, I would say, the two that suffer from this which is very interesting that like it's like snow coming to regina's defense when it's like these two have been the adversarial rivalries of the show for like the first season and a half and they're like oh yeah like they get um snow i don't know what's going on but she's like just 
fed up. It might be when they had the alternate curse. Mm -hmm. And they go out drinking, like the three of them. Uh Uh-huh. That, I just laugh. Like, I was dying hysterically. Like, snow... Regina and Emma walk into a bar and they're like, I think they're axe throwing with, you know, it's just like, that's okay. in season six. That's six. I can't remember that late, but yes, yeah, so it's like they become very friendly and it's, it's actually pretty interesting to watch. Like I didn't love their adversary all that much because it was so one-sided, but I do think their friendship is very pleasing. Regina also goes to snow for advice a lot, which is interesting. Oh, like um, Rumpel and Charming's dating. Yes. Advice? Oh. Um, it's not always dating advice necessarily. Same... It's often um, hope advice. Okay. Uh, like, and I think a huge growth step for Regina is shown in this relationship. Like, she's fucking pissed at Emma and does not want to talk to her about bringing Marion back and fucking up her relation with relationship with Robin. But she doesn't sort of transfer that and be like, "Well, you produced this child." Like, <laughs> like she's like. I'm so depressed. Like, please help me. <laughs> and and Snow gives her some advice. I just remember at like at one point Regina says like, "What do you do? You get a nickel every time the hope for, to the Hope Commission every time you say hope." And then later when she's talking to Robin and they find the page that shows them like finding oh, their true yeah. love, uh, Regina says, "I owe someone a nickel." Yeah. <laughs> you know, I always wonder. What would have that conversation have been like for like Snow to talk about how she felt when Abigail was in the picture? Mm-hmm. Because that was the closest she came to. Like there was literally another woman standing mm-hmm. in the way of my true love, and she might be the only other. I mean, I guess Emma kind of, but I don't know if Neil and her were true love. But you know, it was like the whole. You know, most of the time it's you don't have like the love triangle. So those two experienced it in both cases. Regina and Rumple. Yeah, Regina and Rumple. Boy, this one gets spicy. <laughs> I don't like this one in later seasons. For one, they had to turn Rumple into like a hardcore villain at some times because they just didn't have anyone else. Mm-hmm. So sometimes she's just doing some wild nonsense and then like Regina's kind of trying to stop him. And it's. I-, I love when they work together in Neverland. Yeah, oh, fillet the bitch is an all time <laughs> lie. I also love that, like, there's a part where I think they're, like, arguing, which is causing the boat to rock. Yeah. And Rumpel finally been like, you idiots are going to just capsize. I'm fucking out of here. Yeah, and he, he just sleeps. poofs away. And I'm like, you know, Regina, you also could just poof away. Well, and later she finds him and they, they end up working together. Like, yeah. they call Ariel and mm-hmm. they work through Belle and do a whole thing. Um, but and Regina recognizes that thing that she you said she says it to him like we are the only two people that are willing to do what's necessary. That's also when she says the thing about um, we are the two yeah. most powerful practitioners of magic that have ever lived. She's also so. The, this is the other thing I don't like about the Rever is that because Rumpel is the villain, they kind of make her like the bumbling protagonist sometimes. Mm. Like sometimes her plans are like all right. You distract the dark one, and I'll sneak in behind him, and I'll steal the thing that he desperately needs. He's definitely not going to have a plan for that. Really. That's what you came up with. You're going to, like, child play him? Like, look over there? And, you know, that happens a couple times, and you're just kind of like... That's something that August and Henry try. You'd think that Regina would know better. But August and Henry are basically two (laughs) 10-year-old boys. That makes sense to me. Yeah, Regina should know better. I liked I like when they are the one thing I do like about them in later seasons is that they've kind of been through it all so their conversations get very interesting yes. like they both suffered a lot they've both done some things I'm sure they regret and it's like but Rumpel's perspective is more so like he's not really looking for redemption so he's kind of like sometimes you just got to do some bad shit mm-hmm. like he kind of says to Snow recently like 
you tell yourself that it needed to be done and you just do it. Whereas Regina's like, but I don't want to be that person anymore. Whereas Rumpel's fine being who he is. He just wants what he wants. Mm -hmm. And so they are very different, even though they're both, as you said, they're both willing to cross that line. And then we get the evil queen in season six six and Rumpel. You know what's funny about that? That reminds me of... um, like when Cora kissed him, not when they're in the past, but like when she comes to Storybrooke, like see it like we used to, and you just see Rumpel, and he's like very like stiff, you know. And uh-huh. just, it had the same thing with the Evil Queen. He's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I don't know. He weird. seems pretty into it. Yeah, not in this into it in like the like. There's a way that he's gonna kiss Selena, but like he's into it. But it's not like he's in, he's just it's a manipulation game for him. Where it's like he doesn't ever kiss Belle like that. No, he. I don't. I do not think that he is in I love don't. with the Evil Queen. He is in lust with her. I don't. I don't, I don't, we don't see that the same way. I think mm. it's just an in, a means to an end. I do love when Regina is explaining that, because they, like, realize that the Evil Queen and Rumpel are, like, working together, that all the heroes do, and they're like, why? And Regina's like, well, there's always kind of this, like, chemistry, and everyone else is like, <laughs> Yeah. Which is even more ridiculous. Um, when you think about, like, the fact that she knew he was with her mother. Yeah, that is really weird. Yeah. That's super weird. Yeah? That's weird. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't like, don't like hard, don't, don't like that. Don't like at all. But I get what they were going for. They needed, and also, so the evil queen, that actually made sense because I said that Regina never tried that with Rumple because that's not how she viewed him. But the evil queen views all men that way, I suspect, which is they're just tools to be utilized. Mm-hmm. So she tried to weaponize her sex, which is what Regina will do to Charming and other men. So I was like, yeah, kind of made sense. But it was just like, let's not do this again. <laughs> delete that. Um, before we move on, I also want to talk about uh, when, so at the end of season seven, Rumple sacrifices himself to save Nook. <laughs> not Nook! <laughs> Love that. That's great. I can't take credit for that, but love it. Um, Nook. And that, like, in that scene, Lana Faria's performance is, I I mean, I I can't, I'm, like, crying talking about it. She just, she, like, it's, like, respect for her teacher and her friend. And she, like, says, I I hope that you get back to Belle, which is what you wanted. I also think that was the moment when she probably knew for a fact that anyone can make the right decision. Mm -hmm. If even the dark one can make the right choice, she was like, okay, then there probably is hope for me after all. Yeah, no, that, uh, I think, what did she say? She says something like the old men had one last lesson to teach us or something Uh like that. And I think that's really what they were. They were more student and mentor, even though there was, like, a manipulation game. Uh I think there was always, like I said, a healthy respect. Yeah. No, I, I, I liked that part of their relationship throughout the entire series. Who are we going to next? Is this a Let's sister? talk about Regina and, and the Evil Queen oh, while, okay. we're, while we're still, we were just talking about her. Now, for people who are confused, this is literally a split personality scenario. I guess you could call it that. I mean, they're literally... It's it's a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde scenario. There you go. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Like, Hyde's perfect. She has removed her... her uh, her evil half. But they're separate. It's not like one transforms in the other. They're two separate entities. Yes. Which I know sounds ridiculous. You're just going to have to roll with us. It's just what it is. And it's it's interesting. It's very interesting to me the way that this is portrayed. They You get a little bit of it, but you kind of see Regina as weak. Or you're meant to see her as weak when she has removed 
the evil part of herself. I wish that they had focused on that a little bit more because the other instance where we've seen something like this is the dark snow, like when Snow White drinks the potion to forget charming. Oh, yes. And she like becomes a completely different person. And Regina is a little weaker, but it doesn't seem like a completely different person. And like her, I guess she still remembers. It's just that like the darkness is gone from her heart. I think her willingness to do what must be done is kind of like gone. Mm-hmm. Like she's not a cold-blooded killer anymore. And it's not just like, this is my nature, but I'm fighting it. She's like, it's no longer her nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish, in many ways, I wish they just never had done that story. I actually, one of the things I like about Regina is the duality. There is that evil yeah. queen part of her and there is that caring mother part of her. That's what makes her an interesting character. When you split them up, it's kind of like, both of these are just one notes. I mean, you got the evil queen who's just completely heartless and evil and all the worst of it. And then you got Regina who's like the best one. You're just kind of eh. It's like splitting up Rumpel and the Dark One. They're, both of them is what makes the character good. And that the conversation that Regina and Emma have before she splits her herself in Neil's apartment, um, <laughs> where Regina is talking about how difficult it is to fight against her nature all the time. And that she knows that she can't follow her nature because she'd lose her family, which is like the most important thing to her. But it also like doesn't feel good to not do the thing that she wants to do. It's so painful. And Emma like doesn't, Emma doesn't know how to help her. Yeah. Because she just doesn't, she, like... No one does. Because Regina's like, it's just so easy for you. Like, you're the savior. You always do the right thing. And sometimes it results in unintended consequences, and that sucks. But, like, even, like, bringing back Marion, like, you were trying to do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, she's the only, to our knowledge, she's the only villain to try and go good. Everybody else, the villains are villains. No, Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpel is always diagonal. He's never actually purely evil and he's never purely good. He's got his own agenda. He, at the end of the Pan storyline, he, he sacrifices oh. himself to save everyone. Yeah, but that's the thing. Yes, he does a great thing, but he wasn't like purely evil at that point. Like the evil queen was purely evil yes. at some point. Rumpel really never was. He would do some bad things, but he was always like, he'll do some good things and some bad things. And you never knew what he stands. That's why uh, Emma was like, uh, you're working diagonal because you're kind of doing your own thing. Yes, he does a great sacrifice and later on he'll do some really dumb like, this is unnecessarily evil. But like Regina went all the way to one side and then warped her way all the way back, mm-hmm. which is why I think it's so different. And there's also no one she can relate to. Rumpel can't understand this. Cora, even if she were alive, couldn't understand this. Like there is no one who goes from that side and has to work their way all the way back. Emma, maybe? Hook, maybe? I mean, it's just no, like it'd be like if Belle went all the way to the dark side. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, what the hell? That's just not who they are. Yeah. Snow White for a little bit in Heart of Darkness, but not much. Yeah. I, although, I mean, all of this is worth it to me to get those fucking sappy ass scenes. When she pulls her heart out and gives Evil Queen half of her love and takes half of her hate. Oh my God. And just like sob uncontrollably. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I'm sobbing for different reasons. And then like, just like immediately after that. She figures out how to how to fix the curse on the sleeping curse on Snow and Charming, and everyone in the town. She makes this beautiful speech about how Snow and Charming have sacrificed themselves so many times to save everyone, and like can't everyone just take a little bit of their sleeping curse? It's, Does that mean the whole town was just a little bit sleepy all the time? I mean, it wasn't the whole town. Not everyone. A was lot there. of the townspeople. Um, yeah. yeah, they they fall asleep for like thirty seconds. Oh, okay. And then they break in. They wake up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, 
I do appreciate what I guess the lessons that the evil queen taught Regina. I just rather she'd learn those lessons as like, you actually don't have to split yourself. You can just learn to be good. It's tough. It's going to be difficult. It's a fight. Not everyone can do it. Like, I don't think Rumpel can just be purely good. That's not in his true nature. The other character that that swings really far is Zelina. You want to talk about her next? Sure. We can talk about Regina and Zelina. <laughs> Complicated doesn't even begin to describe that. Yeah, this is not a pro-Zelina podcast for anyone that is listening. Roger and I often disagree about how much we like characters, but Zelina is not one of those characters. Yeah, like, you'll hear us argue about how much we like Emma or Snow in some... Or d- Hook. Or I the fuck <laughs> Zelina's probably the one character that we both universally dislike. And there, that's not to say that there aren't moments with Zelina that I think are interesting. I think when she's being, like, truly wicked, I'm I'm sometimes like, oh, yeah, this is cool. I like this. 3B Zelina was the best Zelina. It's yeah. all the dumb nonsense after that where you're like, oh, you should have. They, I think that they never intended for her to stay after that, and they just didn't have a good plan, which is also not, in, It's this is not, I don't necessarily, I don't think the actress is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know. She was not a well-written character, and they did not do a good job of giving her things to do later on in the show. No. She, yeah, I mean, she <laughs> suffers from all of the tropes that you run into in shows. She's deliciously wicked early and then all of a sudden she's just a bumbling sidekick i mean she has the funniest line why do you people walk everywhere (laughs) or turn on lights manually or drive like i love that like you know her by the fact that like oh you don't have your magic you hate driving she's like i hate this i'm like yeah everyone should hate this who has magic but she does she does help regina because regina hates selena (laughs) i mean selena selena is the worst selena is the worst she's the younger sister older sister Who's older? She's older. She's the older sister, but she's constantly the younger, bratty, pick me, mommy didn't love me. I think our entire plot in 3B is I'm going to go back in time and I'm going to make mommy choose me. Yep. You have a time travel ability and what you want is mommy to pick you? Yeah. And then later, her only motivation for pretending to be Marion and get pregnant with Robin's baby is to torture Regina. <laughs> it's just wild. Yeah, I, I, I okay. don't even know what to say about that other than just like, it, it was like how Regina was so petty in the beginning where she was just going to do things that weren't even going to make her happy. That's I feel like that's Zelina in a nutshell. I do think that it says something pretty powerful about Regina, that she's reached a point in her redemption where she's able to forgive Zelina for all of the horrible shit that she did to her. Including things she probably shouldn't forgive right. her for. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that today. Um, but I, I think like their struggles to become sisters. And, and I mean... Zelina sacrifices her true love to save Regina. Yeah. And it's that's a, that's a powerful move. The one thing I will say that I think Zelina is helpful for in that Regina had said, you guys are all hypocrites, you'll never forgive me. I think forcing Regina to be on the other side of that equation was the first time that it was like, oh, this is what it's like to have to deal with someone who's just done the most heinous shit and I have to try to forgive this person. And it's not maybe as easy as maybe she thought it was. Or like, well, I'm trying. It's like, well, yes, but I still hold on to the fact that I hate you for what you did to me. The other thing that's interesting is that, like, Zelina turned out to be a monster. But she was not raised by Korra. No. 
And, you know, I've always said Korra was the reason Regina's a monster, but there's a good chance she was going to be a monster anyway because Selena was. Yeah. Even without the influence of Korra. I mean, she had a, she was abandoned as a baby and her father was a drunk. Like, she also didn't have a great, great sitch. Neither did Emma. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, sometimes you get a raw deal. And she was taught to be ashamed of her magic. She was. Which was also not good. Yeah. Um, but something that's interesting about Regina and Zelina, uh, Zelina is really powerful. Yes. Like in in season three, Regina tries to go up against Zelina so many times and just like gets fucked. So we see that um, Korra and Rumple's magic is powered by rage. I think Zelina's magic is powered by insanity. Which is why she has so much of it. Oh, I think it's powered by jealousy. Oh, green with envy? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, she's well, she's just the most irrational character on the show. Like yeah. she often, they will like offer her a solution that should be exactly what she wants. She's like, "No, screw you! I don't want that." And you're like, "But that's literally everything you want." That's what you asked for. She's like, "Yeah, but it doesn't do it right now at four o'clock in the afternoon with a dove flying over." So <laughs> I hate it. Regina also significantly in the Evil Queen season six storyline, um, the Evil Queen is trying to kill Zelina, and it's not possible. the The only way to kill the like double the doctor the mr doppelganger yeah is to kill the source regina yeah um and regina shows up at zelina's house rips out her own heart and is willing to crush it to save zelina's life oh because she threatens the evil queen like if you don't let her go we're gonna both die yeah um one of the things i do like that i think is a very good line is Regina doesn't understand why Zelina's mad at her when the evil queen and her split. Oh, uh-huh. And she gives us, because you ripped out the thing that was most like me. Mm-hmm. Which is true. Yeah, she is really true. was trying to get rid of what made her basically sisters. And I thought that was a good line because I think that's the part that I was kind of saying is that like that is who you are. Um, last one, Robin? Yeah. Uh, real quick. So we talked about Daniel. Yep. And they were a fine relationship. But you don't get much of Dan. You only get really two episodes. And really, it's like one in the zombie. Regina and Robin actually were a fun relationship to watch. They were. They were really good. I like, you know, Robin is not a weak man. Of the many weak men in the show, he's not one of them. I also liked it like they felt like equals. Even though he's a robber and she was the queen that like they, much like Snow and Charming, they always seem to treat each other as equals once they started to get along. Like they hated each other at first. But like it's not the, like Rumpel and Belle have that bizarre, you know, sometimes they're on the same page. Most of the time they're fighting and arguing and one of them wants the other one to do commands and stuff like that. Like they actually were pretty compatible. And then, then the stuff happens. And the stuff happens. One of my favorite Regina Zingers is, um... You bathe in the forest with dirt and use pine cones for money. <laughs> yep. Yep. Great line. And he doesn't even say anything. He's just like, okay, yeah, but damn. Why, why do you got to talk to me like that? Um, Who talks to people like that? Regina. Regina talks to people like that. You know what's funny? I bet that was her way of flirting. Probably. He's probably that broken. Probably. Uh... But they, I mean, they have some significant moments, even in the Enchanted Forest when they're arguing. I mean, he's the one that convinces her not to leave her heart buried. Yep. Um, And she entrusts him with it in Storybrooke when she has to go to the witch fight. The witch fight. The witch fight. I also like, there's a really, I know we said we weren't going to talk about Seven, but there are some scenes. I think it's the series finale. 
where she's kind of like waiting to be executed by Henry. It was like the night before their duel. Uh-huh. And I believe Robin speaks to her like in her dream. Uh-huh. And she, it's like a, it's a nice like, you know, tender moment. And mm-hmm. she's just like listening to who at this point is dead. But she's like hearing Robin and you're like, oh, okay. So that, that was probably really the one she was destined for. Something that's a little rough to think about is, so Daniel was uh, Regina's true love. We learn in season three that one can have two true loves and Regina's given a second chance and she doesn't take it. And he also died. So is that it? Does she not get anything else? That's my previous point of compromise. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she, we see in season seven, she has a, a dalliance with someone that she seems to care about, but definitely doesn't love. Not the same though. Yeah. Yeah. And it's while she's kind of asleep, right? I think she's awake. Is she awake at that point? Okay. Yeah. But I yeah. think she's asleep at the beginning, but then they are still doing it when she's awake. All right. But it doesn't have the same... It doesn't hit the same the way Regina and no, Robin did. it doesn't at all. Um, I mean, he's a he's a great... I, I like their interactions. I think you're right. He has a... He's a really strong character. And, I mean, they're cheating. Like, they cheat on Maid Mary. Like, they're having sex with each other. But the situation is very strange. I don't know. Cheating. So, cheating... Like, I get what you're saying, but, like, him and Maid Mary aren't even together. I feel like death nullifies your marriage. Mm. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and um, so, like, even though he's trying to do the right thing, he, he's trying to be there for his kid. He's not really trying to be with Maid Marian. Like, well, and I think it's, I mean, he is at first. And when they're, and, and when they, yes, but he changes like, his mind. Yes. And I think that that's actually an act of true um, honor to, because he says at one point to Regina, like, because Regina's like, well, what about your son? He's, because he says he chooses Regina. Yeah, I choose and you. And she yeah. says, but what about your son? He's like, well, like, I don't want my son to watch me, like, not be in love with his oh, mother. Oh, loveless marriage. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not the David Nolan and Abigail thing where he was trying to play both sides. Like, right. He is saying, like, nope, I want Regina. That's it. And the only reason he ends up leaving with Marion is because she would have died. The frozen And curse. there's no way that Marion, who has no curse memories, would be able to survive in the real world with no support. <laughs> Sometimes doing the right thing is not the right thing. Yeah. Um, He also, I I also remember, this is not a Robin, this is not a Robin deep dive, but um, when he's living in New York and Rumpel shows up, and Rumpel's heart, like Rumpel's sick, um, and Robin's like, fuck you, like I don't want to deal with this. And then he's like, all right, fine, like what do you need? (laughs) And he does it, because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. He's a good man. (laughs) He's a good man. Also, gosh, the, his death scene oh my god just the way that he turns back and looks at her like i'm sorry i'm gone and then he just fades away and you're just like this poor woman well and something that's really powerful about that scene like moments before that regina and robin were fighting Mm -hmm. because regina had told him that it was okay to trust zelina with the baby Mm -hmm. and zelina took the baby to hades who zelina didn't at zelina was being stupid and thought that Hades was not trying to fuck everyone up. Like, she wasn't trying to betray Zelina everyone. is always being stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but baby's in danger. They gotta rescue the baby. And Robin calls Regina out for, um, like, she apologizes and then she starts sort of, like, making excuses. Justifying it. And he's like, well, now you're not really apologizing. You're just making excuses. Like, stop doing that. Um, and then, like... Not long after that, he steps in front of her to receive a not even a, a erased from existence. Obliterated. Sentence. 
He's just, he does not exist. They cannot get him from the underworld. Like, he's dead. Soul is gone, I think. Yeah. Is is. His soul is killed. And then his, like, his soul, like, comes out of his body. And Regina, it's so sad. Yeah. That's one of the more rough death scenes that you're going to get. And it was also, like, not to, like, go far off of this, but, like, at the same time that that happens, then magically Hook just shows up. So, like, yeah. we think that Hook and him, they're so like, oh, they can bond together. And then magically Hook is resurrected by whatever. And you're just like, are you fucking kidding me here? Like, It's terrible. Yeah, it's just basically like, here, let's just find ways to throw dirt on Regina Moore. Um, yeah, no, I mean, they do the wish Robin later. We don't have to get into that too much. But it's obviously not the same person. He's not really a good man. And smartly enough, she realizes, like, this isn't going to work for me. You're not the right. But him and the evil queen, mm-hmm. perfect together. Like, yeah. Sometimes you just find the right way. Even the evil queen gets a better happy ending than Regina does. And yes, I get that not everyone needs to have a, a you know partner to be the uh, the happy ending. But I feel like she probably needed one. Like, there's a lot of other people who could have been fine as rulers. I feel like two. You had two true love chances. <laughs> oh, for two. With brutal deaths. Yeah, it's really sad. All right. So we wanted to talk a little bit about lack of consequences or how Regina doesn't necessarily take accountability for the horrible things that she's done. I would say this is like my biggest regrets of the character. Yeah. And I, I will say, like you said, she, she does sacrifice herself and she, in the logic of, of the magical land that they live in, she uses light magic in the end of season 3A. Like, that means that she has, like, completed... Like, an, an evil person cannot do that. Yeah. Like, she has completed some sort of, like, redemption arc there. But she doesn't ever get... There are no consequences for the fact that she cast the curse on all of these people. I mean, she's now repeatedly trying to save them. Great. Sure. Uh, she killed her father. And she does help him finish his unfinished business and get out of the underworld. I'm less concerned about the killing of the father because I think he... not He didn't directly abuse her, but it's like he sat there and let Cora abuse her, so I feel less bad for you. It was still... It was more of like a, this is how far you've fallen that you're willing to just mm-hmm. crush the heart of the only thing that you care about. I think the bigger one is killing Graham. Like, yeah. There should have been a consequence for that. I, I think it's just there were too many bad things that she did... That, like, it's one thing to do them, but they don't really address it later. Like, she screwed over the entire town. They have the nice little, like, town mob where they go there, and then it's just, like, never touched again. Mm -hmm. Or, like, you know, Henry forgiving her, like, that's his mom, and she, like, is she gaslit? (laughs) I'm sorry, what what, what was that? That's his mom. Okay. What? It's really hard to hate your mom. Yeah, but, so, (laughs) that was actually my point, though. She didn't screw him over with a curse. Mm -hmm. Like... It makes sense that, like, he's willing to forgive the action because, like, what she did is not necessarily great, but, like, okay, we get that you're trying to protect it. I can understand that. Whereas, like, I don't think there's any reason why, like, Snow and Charming have no reason to forgive her. You made me put my daughter in a box and go to Maine. They do talk about it a little bit in 3B. um, Briefly. When they end up back in the Enchanted Forest. uh, Oh, yeah. And... Some of the, like, Robin and some of the other people are like, aren't you the evil queen? Like, you're not great. And, like, Snow and Charming are like, she actually just gave up the thing that she loves most so that we could be here. <laughs> yeah, and I think those things are good. But, like, you know, one of the things I've always said about Regina is that I feel like there should have been something done to her. Yeah. Like, personally, I've always wanted the idea of, like, 
she should lose her memories. Like, at the very least, I would have bought this redemption more if it had been what you did was so bad, some people decided to curse you and take away your memories, and people are like, okay, now we can kind of understand how your rage can cause you to do some things that you regret, and maybe we start to understand Regina more. Mm. But it's more so that, like, until really Zelina shows up, no one really intentionally goes after her the way that, like, she went after people. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just more... There's some things that Emma does by, like, happenstance and, like, just irresponsibility. But, like, Zelina's the first person to really intentionally screw her over. And it's kind of like, but you... I mean, Rumple. Rumple should really hate her guts. And he kind of forgives her relatively quickly. I mean, part of that might be Belle's doing. Mm-hmm. But like, actually, even right now, Belle's knocked out. Like, she doesn't have a memory. And he's just, like, trying to give her good advice. I mean, he has some complicated feelings about her, obviously. Like, he feels... I think he... While it's what he wanted, he probably feels responsible in some way for all of the things that she's done. He's the one that taught her how to do them. I would agree with all of that up until you got to the Belle part. Like, yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah. like, I it, I don't understand. I mean, I guess he has realized that being mad at her brings him nothing. <laughs> I doubt that, but okay. I think it's more so that, like, Belle doesn't... Belle made it very clear, you can't hurt her. And he's just like, well, I want Belle more than I hate you. Yeah. If Belle didn't make that declaration, I would probably kill you right now. Sure. Which is, like, not unreasonable considering what you did to Belle. Yeah, that was really bad. What she did to Belle was terrible. And then, like, uh, you know, there are... This show just deals with consequences in a strange way. You can kill somebody and be out of jail by, like, the next day. The whole Graham thing, I have to admit, I don't love that she just, like, murdered him and we just let it go. You never... You get that little quick thing, like, he died of natural causes. And, mean, and one time, Emma Emma taunts her about it at, like, a town, town hall meeting. She says something like, and we both know what you did... Um, oh, but it's like very quick and not. It's correct. like the, it's like the way that Snow deals with the affair. Oh, we were cursed. Mm-hmm. They just kind of hand waved away. The other thing I even hate, I hate her redeeming Cora. This idea that she it's gets to be forgiven ridiculous. was like, what? You're she, okay. Yes, the Princess Ava was a terrible person to you, and you had some struggles as a Miller. All the things you did are not negated by you had a shitty upbringing. Because Regina also had a shitty upbringing. Yeah. Yeah, that that's I guess my biggest. And I still think she's a great character. I just wish this show dig more, dug more into like there should be real people. Archie should be should have, he should have a list of people coming to his office. I mean, like this is the the pain you caused. Like she actually mentions that at one point. She's like she, she should have to like make reparations. Like she should meet with Archie weekly. Like make amends. to go through. Like all right, so this is uh, Sneezy's grievance, <laughs> <laughs> and he would like you to do this. Oh, like Jefferson, the way she screws over Jefferson is so brutal it's really bad and there was no need to do it no that's the like those are the ones that bother me we're like you could have taken another dead body and he could have come back just fine but you intentionally tried to screw you intentionally screwed him over for no reason and there's just or i think at one point she just raises a village just because just kills them all i also yes yes she does do that um also in season four when she sort of sidesteps uh, her redemption. She retraps Sydney in the mirror, which Sydney's not a great person. She says it's temporary. I believe her. Um, and she, she, he's like, "What do you need my help for?" She's like, "Cause he, she wants to know who this, who this woman was, and oh. she doesn't remember." Like Sydney's like, "You don't even remember all of the people that you killed," and she's like, "I definitely don't." Yeah. <laughs> 
which is played for laughs. Yeah. And it's funny and like the, it's like, uh, you killed my father. I'm going to need you to narrow that down. But also like, wow. <laughs> kind of, that's a good, I'm a villain all the time line. That's not a, like if Rumpel's father had said that or Rumpel's mother, like someone who just don't plan on being redeemed. It's kind of rough when you hear someone that we're supposed to like root for in the end. It's like, you killed so many people that you literally don't remember it. Yeah. We have a word for that. It's called a monster. Yep. So. I mean, she definitely take like in the underworld. Cora's whole thing is, you don't need to be here. Like these people are nothing. Like yep. you should leave. You and Henry need to leave. And she's like, no, these people are my family. Like yep. I need to help them. And I like that part of Regina. I also think there's an excellent part when Hades is like. No one has sent more souls down here than Regina except Rumpel. <laughs> Which is disturbing. And, you know, the thing I like about Rumpel is that he doesn't get redeemed. Like, he does the right thing in the end. But he's not like, we don't treat him as like he's a good prince and now he's like a savior. He's exactly who he's always been. And he got what he wanted. Whereas, like, we kind of, like, move Regina to, like, the, the hero category in the end. And you're like, really? Like, it, it feels rough to move her to the hero category after all the evil that she did. And she does good things, but she did a lot of horrific shit. Yeah, I guess what what would be the what would be appropriate consequences? I don't. I honestly don't know that answer. Like that's the thing. That like, okay, you could curse her and get rid of her memories. I don't think killing her is an appropriate consequence. Though I think a lot of characters should want to kill her. Well, and if they killed her, like they need her. Yes. No, they do. <laughs> like, Both in show and they need the character for yeah. the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, what would... I think a, even a trial where mm -hmm. she would have shown true forgiveness of like, show a list of grievances, like you said, and it's like, this is what you did. This I would have let... You can get Graham one more time. And it's like, I literally woke up and then the next thing I knew, I was falling on the floor, clutching my heart, and then have her admit, yeah, I, I killed him. I crushed his heart. Like, just something where she shows a real level of forgiveness and we address it and mm -hmm. you talk about it. It's like... I was a terrible person. I was a monster. I don't blame... Even let her own the fact that, like, you know what? I'll curse myself. Yeah. I would have been fine with that, where she acknowledges how bad she was. She does... I, I think it's interesting to think about how she got to the point in season 3B, when Snow casts the curse and crushes Charming's heart. Snow trusts Regina to reach into her chest, grab her heart out, and split it in half. Like, that's a, that's a big step. Because it's, it's, that's season three. That's yeah. not even season six. <laughs> it shows how far they've come. Yes, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I agree. There's just, there's not, and yeah, I don't know what fitting consequences are in a land like this with magic where you need the help of super magical people all the time. Like, Rumple deserves some consequences too, but also like, you need Rumple's help like constantly. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's more so that like, I don't know that you can bring Regina up to the level of Charming and Snow as far as, like, morality. So you probably needed to bring everyone down. Like, mm. let them do some bad things to her. And then you kind of have this evil level of understanding. And you're like, you know what? I understand that anger and rage and vengeance doesn't get us anywhere. Well, that's that's literally what the Snow crushing Cora's heart, doing the thing with Cora's heart is. Yeah, but it's like, Cora deserved it. Mm. <laughs> like that. <laughs> I can't even imagine what it would be like. I don't Regina did not deserve for Snow to make her be the one that put the heart back in Cora's chest yeah. Regina deserves a lot of things yeah. and she did not deserve that though 
I, I will say this. I always, I wanted, I think we talked about this. I wanted Regina to double cross core at the end. Oh, yeah. I think that would have been way more powerful. That would have been so much I, better. I think it would have made it easier to watch all of the yes. all of the stuff where she's like being manipulated by her mother. Because it's reasonable. People get manipulated by people that they love or all the time. it was all a plot the whole time. Yeah. I saw right through it and I just played you thinking that I'm the same little weak little girl you are. She could have put her heart back in and she go, this is for Daniel. Mm-hmm. And then you're dead. And then have her be like, you know what, Rumple, you screwed me over, and I did some terrible things to Belle. How about we call it even? Yeah. Truce makes sense that Rumple be like, fine, you saved my life. I forgive you. We move on. She's the one who kills the villain of her story, and everybody gets to move forward. I, I would have been fine with that. I thought yeah. that would have been a good ending to that story. But I agree. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about with Regina here? Uh, I'm excited when we get to season seven to talk about Regina because I think she's an interesting yeah. character there. I do think she has the best overall story arc in the show. From start to finish, I think she's the one that gets... She goes through the most, and she gets the most things that happen to her. Like, a lot of the other characters, like... Look, I like Charming and Snow, but they're kind of Charming and Snow pretty much from season two on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rumpel's fun, but he is just this bizarre roller coaster of who the hell he is from day to day. Emma really is the same to me. And then we get like a weird whiplash and then it's the same again. Yeah, it's it's Emma, <laughs> Emma, Emma, the fuck? Emma, Emma, Emma. But like... We... I I don't... I mean, you. Sh- I know you won't agree with this. I think that Emma... I do not think it is better than Regina's arc. But Emma does have an interesting arc of coming into having a family. Yeah. Like learning to trust and love herself and her abilities in magic um, it's like one of the only things that I like about the goddamn season four storyline. Um, oh yeah, just like Elsa helps Emma yep. realize like you need to trust yourself and love yourself and others as well. No, and I don't disagree with you, but like Regina was so far over here. Uh-huh. That, like the things that we talked about at the end, where it's like we went from does she even love Henry to oh she would do anything to save Henry anything. or. She literally has a murderous rage towards Snow and do anything to kill her and goes to, she's literally willing to both save their life by casting a curse, sacrifice herself, and split their heart, and save them from a sleeping curse. Like, it's just such a nice arc at the end that you're like, oh, okay, this is like all the way evil. I wouldn't call her all the way good, but at some point she just stops doing bad things, which... Honestly, no one else does. Well, and in many ways, I think, I mean, not that I don't want to say that Regina is relatable because I'm not a mass murderer, (laughs) but her, like, where she gets to in the end where, you know, she's not perfect. No. It is much more relatable than, like, fucking Snow and Charming who just, like, always do the right thing. (laughs) Not always, but most of the time. (laughs) She says an episode and a half after watching (laughs) Snow murder Cora. (laughs) Yeah. I I think it's the right thing, but we know where I fall on the morality scale. Okay. Well, that was our first deep dive. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Please be sure to join us next time when we come back to watch Season 2, Episode 18, Selfless, Brave, and True. We'll see you next time.